Let us pray. Lord, as your scripture is read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit, that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for your gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. Have any of you ever experienced a defeat? Where you felt like, well, a failure. We all have, right? Once or twice. For some of us, once or twice this morning even, right? You know, it's almost noon. It happens. But in the case of Simon Peter, who we've been looking at over the past few weeks, his defeat, his moment of failure was profound. See, he didn't just fail at a job or a home improvement project. No, he failed on a higher level. He failed in ministry. And not only did he fail in ministry, he failed by denying Jesus three times when Jesus needed him. He wasn't there. We've all experienced setbacks in our lives. We've all experienced times in which we felt like a failure. So we understand, uh, maybe in a small way, how Peter felt after the events of Jesus' arrest and crucifixion. And you would have thought that the stories of Easter would have brought all of that pain that Peter was feeling to an end, but it didn't. He was still confused and, and, and he wasn't sure what to do. And so he went back to doing what he knew he was at least pretty good at, and that was fishing. So this morning in our gospel reading from the Gospel of John, we're looking here at the 21st chapter, uh, Peter, along with several of the other disciples, have gone back to the Sea of Galilee, gone back to that life of fishing, to that simple life that they knew before meeting Jesus. Maybe the old life was better. Maybe the old way where we should be. But as John tells us, fishing wasn't going much better for Peter than being a disciple was. He wasn't catching anything, at least on this night. They'd been out all night fishing. And if you remember, we had talked about how fishing was during the time of Peter. It wasn't, you know, just simply you know, taking your, your uh, uh, rod and, and, and reel and, and just casting out there and sitting back and listening to some tunes. It was hard work. They would have to cast those nets out into the water and then by hand bring them back in with loads of fish 
Although this night wasn't too much work because there were no fish in those nets. As the sun began to break over the Sea of Galilee, a figure appeared on the shore, and soon a fire was set. Somebody was cooking food, and the disciples were straining to see who it was. And all of a sudden, they hear this familiar voice cry out, Good morning! Did you guys catch anything for breakfast? And they knew exactly who that voice belonged to. It was Jesus. Jesus was there on the beach cooking them breakfast. This was amazing. Peter couldn't believe it. He had seen Jesus die on that cross. He had seen the aftermath of, of his denial of Jesus. He had, of course, like the other disciples, had visions of Jesus after the, the resurrection. But, but this was different. Jesus was there, cooking. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and smelling somebody cooking bacon? Well, okay, Jesus wouldn't be cooking bacon, but... Um, <laughs> Make it eggs, and you get up, and it's Jesus in your kitchen? Could you imagine? You're definitely going to try to remember what side the fork goes on and the spoon goes on and, and all that. The problem with Jesus' question was they hadn't caught any fish that night. And they go, We didn't catch anything. And Jesus goes, Try it again. This time. I want you to uh, uh, throw that, that net off the right side of your boat. Trust me, it'll work. Now, this is Jesus, post-resurrection now. And I would almost guarantee you there was at least one of the disciples who goes, what's he talking about? What's he know about fishing? We've been out here all night. Because I know we're that way sometimes with Jesus, aren't we? What does Jesus know about life in 2023? He was never here. Huh? We do that to Jesus too. So I'm sure the disciples did that and they were like, quiet, Thomas. They threw that net over and they began to, to, to wheel it in and, 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 and as they got it in, it was so full that the net almost broke. It was that full of fish. And so they uh, drugged that, those fish in um, to shore, and they sat down, and they ate with Jesus. And Jesus had a talk with Peter. And three times he asked Peter, he goes, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, you know I do. He's like, take care of my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Jesus, you know I do more than anything in the world. He goes, then take care of my sheep. And then the third time, Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And Peter was hurt by this. He's like, I already told you twice, Jesus. Yes, I love you. Then feed my sheep. See, what Jesus did is each time uh, 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 that Peter had denied him, he asked him again, do you love me? Because see, 
Each time that Peter had denied Jesus, Jesus knew what Peter had done. And he knew that deep down, Peter loved him and cared for him. And that sometimes we deny Jesus in moments of weakness, in moments of temptation, in moments when, when, when we uh, are, are unable to uh, overcome the forces around us and our um, sinful ways. And Jesus wanted Peter to know and wants us to know that each time we deny him, Jesus forgives us if we but love him. My friends, this story should remind us all that when things go wrong, it is easy for us to want to go back to the way things used to be. And that's true in our personal lives. That's true in, in our communal lives as a church. When things go wrong, uh, when, when things, especially in ministry, go wrong, uh, what's our, our first uh, uh, thinking? It's not, it's time to move ahead with, with, with where the Spirit is leading us. It's we need to go back and do the things we did when we were successful. In Peter's case, it was, let's go back and go fishing again. But what Jesus did is he came along and said, Peter, and to the rest of the disciples, you need not be looking behind you, you need to be looking in front of you. Because your, your future lies in front of you, not behind you. So my friends, we need to always remember that. That when we fail, we should always look forward and not look to the past. We should always be looking forward and not backward. But that's easier said than done because when things go wrong, oftentimes our, our, our self-confidence and our motivation, uh, they... They, 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 they take a nosedive, and, and we allow fear, and we allow doubt to creep in. And as I said, we're, we're tempted to go back to what is easy. And this is even true in our personal lives, when we have personal setbacks, when we have, have um, uh, moral failures or, or, or other things. We, we, we start to think badly about ourselves, and we want to go backwards rather than forward. Jesus calls us to be people looking forward. Something else that this story, I think, should remind us of is this. None of us are perfect. I know you look up here and you see this and you think, how can that possibly be? <laughs> but I'm here to tell you it is possible. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to get things 100% correct 100% of the time. And that is in every aspect of our life. But that doesn't mean that we can't move 
forward. That doesn't mean that we are total failures. It means that we are human. It means that we need to try again. This story also uh, reminds me of uh, this uh, quote that I love, uh, and, and it's attributed to a lot of different people, but it's actually from uh, uh, Edward Hale, and it's this. I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do something that I can do. My friends, each and every one of us can do something for Jesus. Even if we've had setbacks, even if we've had failures, Jesus still loves us and we can still do things for him. My friends, remember this. The Christian life isn't about perfection. It's about excellence. See, Jesus doesn't call us to be perfect 100% of the time because we're all going to make failures. Jesus calls us to excellence. That means we do the best we can do for him. And we also need to remember that Jesus gives second chances and third chances and fourth chances. Let me tell you, over the years, I have not always been successful in ministry. There have been setbacks. Let me tell you about the very first time I tried to do a community event with church. And we decided we were going to have this little kids fair at our church parking lot. I, I, I might have told you some of, some of you this, these stories before because they, they are funny, and, and I'm telling you 100%. This really happened. Um, uh, so we, we marked off a parking lot. It, it was during the, uh, the little town we were in. had a downtown festival deal. And we marked off one of our parking lots, which was fenced off because, and I kid you not, they did not want the handicapped girl next to us riding her motorized wheelchair in our parking lot because they were afraid that she would fall out of it and get hurt and sue us. I am not making this up. That was my first trustees meeting of all time. It gets better. Um, so I convinced them to, to, to op open up this parking lot. Uh, a, a lady and, and her, her three girls who went to the church wanted to make a banner for it and they wanted to know if, uh, if, if they could do that. And I said, go for it. And so they took a sheet, like a regular you know, house sheet, and they hung it around the front of the building. And this is a big old stone building and it looked kind of like a castle. And then they took spray paint and spray painted on the, so you already know where this is going, spray painted the, the, the message, right? Well, when we got done and we took off the sheet, yeah, that cost several thousand dollars to have the, the, the building sandblasted after that to get the paint off the, yeah, that was fine. <laughs> Pastor Rick, why did you let him do it? I don't know. I don't understand uh, how spray paint works, I guess. But... The highlight of this particular ministry event was us stealing a tent from Youth for Christ. I kid you not, Youth for Christ, which is a, 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 a parachurch organization that, well, brings Christ 
or to youth. Um, and uh, we had given them this big old tent several years before, because we, we weren't using it. And we wanted to borrow it back. And after we borrowed it back, uh, uh, some of our church folks decided that we shouldn't have given it to them to begin with, and we were just going to hide it and hope they didn't come looking for it. So they decided to hide it in my office. <laughs> to which I said, I'm going home. All right, this was not a stellar event. This was a failure for Jesus, right? We generally don't want to deface property and steal other people's property in the name of Jesus Christ. But we did. But you know what? Jesus was still with us, and Jesus was still with me. And over the years, I just want you to know that my public events have become much better. <laughs> I guess that's my way of saying, never give up. There's always a brighter tomorrow. My friends, Peter, he had given up. He had gone back to his old ways because he thought... He was of no use anymore to Jesus. And Jesus came along and said, Peter, you are so wrong. And the same holds true with you. You might be thinking, I am of no use to Jesus. Jesus doesn't want me. Not true. You can always find a way to serve Jesus. Let us pray. Lord, we have each made mistakes in our lives. Sometimes we, we do that in our personal lives, sometimes in service of you. And we, 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 we feel like you can't use us anymore, that, that we're, we're no good. Lord, remind us that you can always use us. As long as we love you, you will be with us and serve as we serve you. Thank you for Jesus and his love. Amen.